God grabs Ezekiel. And he, and he takes him, as, as far as we understand, it's in this very real vision, almost a hallucination. It's this vision that God gives, and God grabs him and takes him. And the next thing he knows, he says, I was led by the Spirit of God into a valley, and it was full of bones, and the bones were very dry. And he wasn't just standing, now get this, he wasn't just standing looking off and seeing all of these bones, but he says, God led me back and forth. Anybody ever felt like God was just moving you back and forth in a dead situation, in a, in a dry place, in a, in a society where it didn't look like there could be any possibility of life? And he says, God led me back and forth and you walked into work again last week or you'll walk into work again tomorrow and he's leading you back and forth and his question is, is there any hope for this place? Can these bones live? And you have to be careful. I have to be careful. Because in the middle of this election... Right? You thought it was bad in 2000. You thought it was bad in 2008. You thought it had reached a, a peak in 2012. But you realized, if you've been paying attention at all, in 2016, that 2000 and 2008, 2012, uh, we'd, we'd almost give anything to have those years back, wouldn't we? Because <laughs> it's just been nasty brutal, ugly, put whatever word you want onto it, it's just been horrible. And here we are. And we as Christians should have this understanding that regardless of Republican or Democrat nominee becoming the president-elect and becoming the president in January, our hope does not lie in what the world has to offer. Our hope does not lie in a world system or a governmental uh, trajectory. Our hope does not lie in a piece of paper that says it's the Constitution of the United States of America. Our hope alone can lie in the power of God. Amen. There is no hope apart from God. There is no hope apart from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is no hope apart from God's Word being spoken. There's, there is no hope if all you see is the way things are. And so Ezekiel looks around and he sees the way things are. And these are bones. And bones should be strong, but these bones are brittle. And they've obviously been there a long time. And they're dry. And they're ready to break. And God says, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, Ezekiel says, O Sovereign Lord, this one's up to You. Everything within me says, I don't see any hope. And it's crazy because, and, and I don't know where you find yourself, but I found myself in the barren middle of this whole fight. This whole election, I found myself in the barren middle, and I look to the right, and I see a bunch of people on the right, people that I call my friends. And I look to the left, and I see a bunch of people on the left, people I call my friends. And I look around, and I'm like, y'all are 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 completely ignorant and so are y'all 
And they look at me and say the same thing about me. But I look at, from my perspective, the landscape, and I'm like, but God help us to be the people that show up Wednesday morning at work or in the community or wherever you spend your days. And here's the challenge to you as people that have placed your hope, as people that we have placed our hope in the living God, to say regardless of what happened, we're smiling, joyful, hopeful people, and to offer hope. Because some of you all will walk into a place where the majority of people are ecstatic on Wednesday morning. Some of you all walk into a place where the majority of people are cursing, and already planning to buy their 20th gun that morning. And you have got to find within you something to offer hope to those who are ecstatic and those who are sad. Don't try to read too much into all that. God's people offer hope. And the hope that we have is, you know what, I'm not sure, based on my own analysis of the situation, I could give you a diagnosis, but the fact of the matter is that that doesn't matter because uh, only God knows. And we need to be only God knows people. That put our hope, if, if I'm going to put my full energy behind a candidate, my candidate is Jesus Christ. Because he's already proven. He's qualified. He's capable. He's able and willing to do what we can't imagine can be done. And I don't know what lies ahead for America, but I do know what lies ahead for the church. And I come to offer that hope. I go into my workplace to offer that hope. I have dinner with my children and offer them that hope. I don't know about candidate A or candidate B, but I do know about Jesus Christ. He's proven Himself over and over again to be faithful. He's proven Himself to be loyal. What did the psalmist say? I've never seen his kids begging bread. And so God's people offer hope. And our hope is, you know, I don't know, but God knows. So Ezekiel starts this vision by saying, I I don't know, God, but you know. You know if they can live. And so watch what God says, verse 4. Then he said to me, prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. That's an old-timer's word, right? We don't use that word a lot now in, in the newer. That, that's kind of a, we can get offended by that word. I was joking with Taylor uh, before. When I grew up, you, we didn't say Holy Spirit. That sounded too soft. We said Holy Ghost. There's power in Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, well, you're getting too soft now. Well, we don't you prophesy as one of them hard words. But the fact is, you translations, the best translation for the word here is prophesy that's proclaim with your speech inspired by God what's fixing to happen so he said to me Ezekiel says prophesy to these bones and say to them dry bones hear the word of the Lord this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones I will make breath enter you and you will come to life 
I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And Ezekiel then writes, So I prophesied. God gave me a message. I realized that God's people offer hope. And so, second point we want to make today, God's Word changes things. God's Word changes things. And God says, Ezekiel, I need you to speak my Word. What Word? And so He gives him the Word. Hear the Word of the Lord. This is what I say. I'll make breath enter you. You'll come to life. I'll give you tendons and flesh and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And Ezekiel says, now, that's good word. That's good stuff. I'll speak that. God's word changes. Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise. Hit your neighbors, say, there was a noise. There was a noise. What's that noise? What's that sound I hear? There was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. And stop right there just for a minute. So you realize that we don't know. There were hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands. We don't know. But there were a bunch of bones representing a bunch of hopeless lives in this valley. And God asks the question, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, God, only you know. And God says, okay, then I need you to speak a word. I need you to prophesy. I need, you to, I need you to prophesy, Ezekiel. I need you to speak the word of the Lord to these bones. And here's what I'll do. If you'll speak, here's what I'll do. And as Christians, we, we serve a God that at any moment, get this, our, our faith has got to hinge on what God has done through Jesus Christ and what that represents One of the things that 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 foremost represents is uh, that at any moment, God can speak and change a situation. Any moment. Right? Anybody can, can, can anybody testify and say, I got to a point in my life uh, where there was no next move, and yet God spoke into it. God worked uh, a miracle, uh, and then there was something that could happen. And if you can't raise your hand, look around at the people that raised their hand. Say, I want you to tell me your story later because that's part of why we're here. We want to share our stories. We want to testify. We want to help each other out that there are times in our lives where we get to a point, but our faith in God says uh, at any moment, God can break into the situation. At any moment, God can move uh, and change things. Right? It, it, it's the very basis of faith in the Old Testament. The exodus. The coming out of. The exit from. God is a God who makes exits. And so you say, I'm, I'm in a situation and I don't see any way out. Well, you, you, you have come to the right place. You have engaged the right people. 
who serve the right God today because God, the living God that we serve, is a God of exits. He's a God who breaks in right on time. What the old songs say, He may not come when you want Him, but He'll be there right on time. And God's Word changes things. Ezekiel speaks God's Word to these bones. Now, I wasn't a crazy biology fanatic. I got an A just because I had good friends. Right? They, they got A's in math because I was their good friend. But in biology, it was tough. And so I could be wrong, and I reserved the right because it wasn't a, a fun class for me. But I think that bones don't have the capability of hearing. I think that you have to have some sort of ear and eardrum to do that. At least as a person for sure. In the animal kingdom, things get weird. My my son and daughter inform me of things I never learned about the animal kingdom all the time. And it's like, wow, that's that's amazing. But for people, there has to be some kind of mechanism, which we typically call an ear, to receive uh, words, the sounds of words. Ezekiel speaks God's word and these bones have no way of hearing and yet the bones respond. You say, well, how is that possible? How can bones that have no way to collect sound and form it into words and receive those words as instructions, how can those bones obey? And I want to tell you today that that's how powerful God's word is. God's Word brings hearers where there are no capabilities of being heard. God's Word creates a response where you think that there's no way any response could ever come. And Ezekiel does not have to be analytical, biologically minded to figure it out. All God told Ezekiel to do was speak. Prophesy, Ezekiel. Yes, sir. I spoke as he commanded, and as I spoke, I heard a sound. I don't know if Ezekiel's saying it blew my mind, or if Ezekiel's saying it's exactly what I thought would happen. I don't know where he is. You find me on a given day, and I'm like, it's exactly what I knew would happen. You find me on other days, and I'm like, I had no clue. I didn't expect it at all. But somewhere along that spectrum, we find ourselves, but the truth of the matter is, God's Word never changes. And God says himself to to the prophet Isaiah, he says, I will never send forth my word that it doesn't do what I want it to do. Somebody needs to say amen. Amen. Because uh, the psalmist said, "Would you, you, you sent your word and healed them. And some of us think we've got to earn healing. But the fact of the matter is, we just have to listen closer sometimes. God's already speaking, and His word is already out there. And He's going to do what He wants to do. And so we just have to say, alright God, I'll be obedient, and I'm going to talk with you. Sometimes, uh, sometimes... All God's waiting is for you to line up with what He's already said. It's called obedience. And sometimes that, sometimes God's not looking for you to come up with creative new ways to worship. 
God's not looking for you to come up with creative new translations to draw pictures on in your Bible. God's not, God's not challenging you to, to kneel down in a 20-hour prayer session. Sometimes God's just waiting for you to get in line with what He's already said. And if we get in line, God spoke the Word and then He said, Now, Ezekiel, you say it. And Ezekiel says, yes, sir, I'll say it too. And sometimes all God's waiting for is for people to rise up and say, we're just saying what God already said. And in the response, uh, in the response to that word, uh, sometimes will blow our minds. God's word changes thing we had small group this week and we were talking together and I challenged myself along with them I said that's why we've got to get into the word of God because when you get into it and you memorize it and you soak in it and you read it and you have it and you play it in the background however you can get it I said when you're getting it in there I said it will come out at the at the craziest times when you don't know what else to say here comes God's word as a matter of fact Jonah is in the belly of a big old fish and he prays this prayer, and it sounds, it sounds, when you read it, it sounds like it's this prayer that your second grader would pray. And that's not a bad thing, because what it is, some have said there's, there's dozens of references to Psalms in Jonah's prayer. And you know what I think? Not promising, but what I think was going on, Jonah didn't have any of his own words. Jonah couldn't pray his own prayers. And so all he could pray was what was soaked into him as a child, as he was growing up, as he was getting together at the temple with people of like faith. And they heard and they heard and they heard the Word. The Word back then was, trans, was, was transferred from person to person orally. Very few people could read. Very few people had access to scrolls. And so they spoke the Word to one another. And Jonah gets in the belly of the well in the worst situation he's ever been in in his life. He should be dead. And the only thing he can say is uh, the words that he's heard, the prayers that he's heard prayed, and it just comes out. And he builds up such a prayer atmosphere in the fish that the fish finally has to pray too, has to talk, has to say something, and so the fish starts talking. And out comes Jonah. And out comes this praise to God. And you say, well, I'm not sure. Just, just open it up. Start in Philippians where our key verse was to today. Just open it up and start reading. And if you find a boring part, go to another part. Get the Word. God's Word changes things. You say, I, don't, I want to pray. I don't know how to pray. Open the Bible. Start reading it out loud. Say, God, this is my prayer to you. God's Word changes thing, And then finally, finally, look. We stopped in the middle of what we have is verse 8. Tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Hit your neighbor say, there's a problem. There's a body, but no spirit. It's a problem. And James says, the body without the spirit is... There was no breath in them. Then God said to me, prophesy to the breath now. Don't prophesy to the bones. Now you need to prophesy to the breath. Uh, Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as He commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet uh, a vast army. 
Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up. They say, our hope is gone. They say, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you back up from them. Verse 14, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. He said, prophesy to the breath. And the third and final point I want you to go away with today is God's spirit brings life. God's people offer hope. If you find somebody who's a Christian who is hopeless, you need to find yourself another Christian. God's word changes things. God spoke and it happened. And we have in Ezekiel, interestingly enough, a reflection of what happened in Genesis chapter 2. God formed a body, but then he breathed into that body. And in Ezekiel 37 now, he forms these bodies, uh, but they're dead. They're not an army. They're not a civilization. They're better than bones, but still dead. And God says you need not just fresh bodies for dry bones. You need fresh breath for dry bones. And so not only does God's Word change things, but you've got to believe that God's Spirit brings life. Where there is no life, God's Spirit brings life. Lazarus had been dead for four days. No life. And yet, Jesus speaks the Word and the Spirit responds and Lazarus comes back to life. Jesus Himself had been dead for part of three days. And uh, Jesus can't speak. And no other disciples can speak. But God, by the Spirit of the Almighty God, raises Jesus from the dead. And the Spirit brings life. you got to believe it. You say, I'm not so sure about that Spirit. I'm not so sure about the Holy Ghost. God didn't ask you to be sure. God just asked you to say, be filled. I want to be filled, God. And what if we became a church? Remember, the local church is the hope of the world. What if we became a church that uh, God looked at us and saw people saying, God, just fill me. I just want to be full of your Holy Spirit every single day. What if he saw a church like that? Do you think that would change Knoxville? What if you woke up every day and, uh, we, and, and, and we moved uh, in a direction of saying every single morning, God, fill me with your spirit. Do you think that might change uh, your workplace? The question is, why don't we do it? And I think the answer sometimes is... Uh, Because we're living in a corrupted, vile world and it seems so foreign to walk in the Spirit. But maybe today I can convince you. The Spirit comes into these bodies that have reformed around these bones there. 
Say, oh, it's just a vision. God says, no, this is the house of Israel. This, this is what I'm going to do. This is a figurative uh, vision of a literal thing I'm going to do because my people feel like all hope is lost. My people feel like uh, everything has come down. I find it interesting. I, I know you may not share this perspective, but I find it interesting that every four years... It gets harder and harder for Christians to exist in the political world. And I see so many people respond with frustration instead of responding and saying, Okay, I get it. That's not where my hope should be placed. This person is not going to fulfill uh, God's uh, desires uh, for the church. Uh, He might do what God intends to be done out there, but for the church of the living God, it's not based on some candidate getting elected to office. It's not based on some judges being appointed. It's not based on laws and rules and legislation being passed. Uh, Our hope uh, is built on something greater than that. And so we find it harder and harder to exist in the political world because the place where you usually would land isn't a safe landing place anymore. I want to tell you that God is trying to convince the church that He is in control. And it doesn't matter what name, it doesn't matter what party, it doesn't matter. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And so God's people offer hope. God's Word changes things. And God's Spirit brings life. And he says, Ezekiel, look. And Ezekiel Ezekiel looks and he sees uh, not just living people. That's not how he describes it. He saw a great army. And sometimes as Christians, we do get it right. Thank the Lord. And we say, all right, God's Spirit brings life. So He brings us to this point. And I believe that you can cause dead people to live again. Dead souls to be revived. I believe that you can take somebody who's lost in the, in the mire of sin and stuck in, that, in the grime of evil and you can lift them out and they can become a living being. But maybe God's calling us to go beyond that. And our hope is not just that God can resurrect a life, but God can resurrect tens of thousands of lives and we can become a great army for God. Not an army carrying guns and banners, but an army that prays and speaks and lives the way that God has commanded us to. And people join because they realize there is no other way to live in this world that rewards and that and that thrives and flourishes so i wonder if we could stand today there's there's so many more things we could say but let's let's just focus in on that i think there's somebody here today that god's calling you past you made you made a decision to follow jesus christ and you've been baptized into the body but i believe today god's calling somebody could it be you God's calling somebody to say, you know what, you've never really just stretched out your arms and your heart and said, God, I want to be filled with your Spirit. I need that breath of fresh air because truthfully, I'm a Jesus follower, but I feel hopeless. I wonder if somebody would be honest. Maybe we could bow our heads real quick. It doesn't have to be a long and drawn out thing, but just real quick. 
before you even have time to analyze and think what it's about. Everybody's eyes closed. Nobody's looking around. This is just your chance to say, you know what? I feel hope. I'm a follower of Jesus, but my default feeling is hopeless. I don't see how God can make a way. I don't see how He can change things around. I don't see how He can fix whatever happens with this election. I don't see how, I don't see those things. And I'm full of fear more than I'm full of faith. And I wonder if somebody would just raise your hand and say, Today I want to give myself for the Spirit to fill me. I want to give myself for the Spirit to come and to to bring life to me because I feel hopeless and I feel distraught and I feel in despair. But I'm raising my hand right now. Come on, somebody else needs to raise your hand and say, I want to be full of God's Spirit because... It has to bring life. I need life more more than I need more analysis, more than I need more news, more than I need anything right now, God. I need your life. And maybe you can pray this with me. Maybe you still have your hand up. But God, I want to be filled with your Spirit so that I can be alive, so that I can be, uh, Lord, responsive to you. God, so that I can speak your Word and offer hope to the people around me. Oh, God, I thank You, Lord, for there's others here today that they've given themselves to You and they're following You. I pray that they would have boldness uh, to live and walk in Your Spirit. Uh, If that's You right now, would You say, God, would You make me bold? Uh, Would You help me at my job? I'm not trying to proselyte. I'm trying to offer life. Uh, I'm not trying to change somebody's mind. I'm trying to offer life. Uh, And God, so would You help us to speak words that are life-giving? God, I thank You for a church on Cedar Lane that is a life-giving church. I thank You, Lord, that we come together every week not to condemn and and not to push down but God we come Lord because you have given us life and we want to give life to others Lord the offer is available and I don't want to stop without giving you a chance if you never made the decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord I want you to have that chance right now and so everybody's still got their heads bowed but maybe you today are saying I need Jesus to be my Lord I need Him to be King because I've never decided I've never made a decision to follow Him for the rest of my life and if that's you right now I wonder if you would raise your hand I wonder if you'd say yeah I want to follow Jesus follow Jesus if that's you would you just would you just say yes uh, I don't know I don't know all the details uh, but I know there's something drawing me away from the, the life I've lived and I want to repent of that life and I want to turn toward Jesus and then pray for the person that's here and they're not sure about that decision. God, I, I pray that right now that they would just feel the prompting that comes from You. Lord, in the presence of Your people that have already made that decision, Lord, it doesn't make us better. We're just one step ahead, God. And so I pray that somebody choose to make that step. And if that's You, I wonder if You would just share that with us at the end of service as that bucket goes by. Maybe you could just note on your card that you made the decision today. And that you want more information about how to move and what to do next on that decision. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, for the power that we feel when we gather together. The presence that is undeniably here. Your word that has, that has gone forth today to change things. Not my words, but your word changes things. And God, your spirit that brings us life. God, we give honor and pray that we could be hopeful people as we walk out into the world and we give honor and praise to You that You're, you're amassing a, a giant army of people that are committed to the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and in that army, we will participate. And in that army, we will go forth. And in this week, uh, 
We will celebrate not because of a candidate. We will celebrate because you have always been faithful to us.